Hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 314. I am your host, Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is actually two guests. We have two doctors coming in to talk about their business, Benahealth, Dr. Bachman and Dr. Carasio. We had a wonderful time talking to them, and I just want to say they are both very intelligent, very well-spoken, and I was just a mess just, you know, getting to know them, and uh, you can hear it from the get-go. I was just, you know, it was fun, but they are very very much pros and i hope that you guys take the chance and take my word for it by going to go to the links that we put in the bio and going to check them out do your own research and maybe setting up your own appointment with that being said i hope at the end of that you will continue to follow us at our website findingarizonapodcast.com and we hope that you guys will sign up for all of our social media handles under finding arizona podcast tell us who you want in next if you want to also be on the show become a sponsor want to do something with us send us a line at finding arizona podcast at gmail.com that being said i just want to jump into these episodes because i also want to start getting out more now that my little guy's sleeping more on a routine i'm trying to make this more of a of scheduled thing back to where it was before so that you know the little guy is important but i also want to keep continuing forward with this podcast in a strong train position moving forward so that being said this is episode 314 with Benahealth. I will catch you on the next one. One. Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. As every week, we bring in someone very special. And today is a little bit different, ladies and gentlemen. We have two someones. I'm very happy to introduce both of them, both of them doctors, Dr. Bachman and Dr. Oh, man, I'm going to, I just had it. Go ahead, Dr. Bachman, please take over and introduce the other doctor. I'm so sorry. I'm it's Bill. Dr. Carasio. Dr. Carasio. <laughs> I, I didn't want to ruin it. I really didn't want to ruin it. So I let Dr. Bachman take the hang of it. Dr. That Carasio. was awesome. <laughs> I appreciate you both being here. Let's get started. Why don't you uh, introduce yourselves individually? And then I'll let Dr. Carasio introduce the, the what we're going to be talking about. Wonderful. Well, I'll go ahead and introduce myself and then I'll pass it over to Dr. Crasio um, so she can take it from there. Um, my name is Dr. Lauren Bachman. My official uh, education is uh, I have a doctorate in nursing or I'm a doctorate of nursing practice is mm -hmm. my formality. Um, I come from a background of, of course, being a registered nurse and my prior career, um, which all was formative to where I am today. Um, I'm originally from Minnesota. I worked at Mayo Clinic there and found my way um, to Arizona because of um, both um, aspiring for, I went to Arizona State University for my doctorate um, training okay. and came out here and was able to work simultaneously still at Mayo Clinic. Um, and that is where I met lovely Dr. Crasio. Um, I'll kind of keep it brief and pass it over to her and we'll go, we'll go on from there. Okay. Awesome. Yes. No, we were very fortunate to meet at ASU. I was also finishing up my doctorate, um, of nursing practice. And, uh, so we're both, uh, nurse practitioners, doctorally prepared. And, um, I, my previous, I've been in healthcare for gosh, almost 30 years now. It's hard to believe how fast time goes. Um, but most of my career has been, at least the last 20 years, has been in leadership positions. And then I wanted to get back into the clinical side. So I went back to become a nurse practitioner with my, um, my goals were working with uh, um, infectious disease, uh, specifically the HIV clientele. Okay. And so that was just so meaningful to me. Um, 
to be able to do that. And that's, again, where I met with uh, Dr. Bachman to be able to create um, some really cool lasting relationships. That's beautiful. I, I really do. <laughs> There's something about every time I get to talk to individuals about their journey, it's just so beautiful to kind of hear where it comes, where not only partners come to shape and, and their friendships and just kind of where things uh, meet and ideas come colliding together. So that's very interesting to me that you two are just, it's really cool. Like It stems from uh, a mutual love. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so true. And and just to kind of follow up on on how even Bena Health came to be, um, yeah. I actually had been thinking about Bena Health uh, while finishing uh, my doctorate at ASU, and and I knew at that point I didn't know what it looked like, but I knew that I wanted a different kind of healthcare to be offered. Um, not only because I was like dealing with my own health concerns that because of stress and life and everything, we're really kind of spiraling out of control and, and weren't being helped by conventional medicine, but because of what I witnessed, um, as a nurse and a nurse practitioner, which I know Lauren has a very similar, um, approach with that. She had seen the same things we did, like it just, we needed to have more of an integrative approach that would really help the patient by not just prescribing medication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm going to kick it to Lauren, um, Dr. Bachman. I'm sorry. I would, I, I, I just, again, it's the video portion of it. It's just like, it, it helps me, you know, really relate to you guys. It, it just kind of becomes friendship mode. Um, I would really like to kind of ask you, I mean, we heard this uh, story of like, you know, previous incidences and other things going on in the practitioner's world. I don't want to go too hardly into it, but I I imagine we could kind of at least talk about some of the bigger stories like you see it on the news and some of the healthcare um, areas and the, the healthcare areas where there's like certain incidences where they're now on the news broadcasts and, and mm-hmm. we don't... And, you know, we put so much uh, our own health in these practitioners and these individuals who are supposed to be helping us. You know, where was it for you, I guess, that moment of like, I want the change to happen here? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think it's it's a loaded one too, but I'll try to piece it apart and make it very digestible. Um, ultimately there's a big picture, right? And when I was working on the bedside, I worked in medical oncology. So I was working with patients that had advanced cancers, oftentimes, um, many of them at end of life. And I loved what I did in many ways. And I have so much respect. I have many, many colleagues that are still doing it and it's very important work. But what I found myself, you know, as I was about five years in to my career there, I was starting to become restless and it was not because of the job. It was, there was these components that I was recognizing that for what I wanted to be able to offer, Mm -hmm. I was, I I didn't have the tools to be able to do that in that setting. So I wasn't able to address the whys of why they were sick, right? We were able to very much focus on their disease, but we weren't talking about health and wellness. And we didn't talk about how we could improve their quality of life, no matter where they're at on this spectrum of disease. And it Mm -hmm. became really challenging for me. And ultimately, like I didn't understand at the time until I started to dive into more research about healing and understanding what healing meant. And healing isn't always going to be the absence of disease for every person. It's recognizing that 
health is so much more than that. And people can really have, like, if we take the example of a cancer patient, they may not ever eradicate their disease, but they can find a place of healing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And kind of in my journey of figuring out how I could offer that and better help people reach that place, I came across functional medicine. Um, And this is really the blossom point or the seed that sprouted into where we are today. And this is back, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago now. And it was really just this recognition that our body is an interconnected um, collective system, not fragmented systems that are separated in the silo approach that we currently have in our healthcare system. Um, and we really needed to start to weave that together and finding functional medicine. If you're not familiar with that, that's um, a lot of people are like functional. That means like physical body and, mm-hmm. or like rehabilitative um, or physical therapy. And it's, it's, not that functional means kind of thinking of the functionality of the body or creating function in the systems, or you might hear systems biology, meaning that we are an interconnected system and that dysfunction in one place might manifest as a disease in another. So, um, that discovery led me to, you know, all right, I know I want to go back and get my doctorate and I know that I want to study this specific area. And it's very, you know, similar to a lot of other practices that are established. So like naturopathy and um, integrative and some of the Eastern modalities, what it does is it really blends the East and the West together. So it's honoring the the time and the place where you might use Western medicine and when that can come and help, like, you know, and be a tremendous help, but also recognizing its limitations and having other offerings. Um, So I know that that was pretty long winded. (laughs) No, I was with you the entire time I was there and I I really do appreciate you breaking it down. Like you said, into a digestible um, consumption. And that Mm -hmm. is something that we're here to talk about. And that's what we're here to have this long form discussion for Uh, Dr. I'm going to keep Corosio. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Uh, so, I do so, get, to, I actually, in the clinic, a lot of uh, the patients will call me Dr. T or Dr. Tanya. So that's fine too. Okay. Dr. Tanya. I, lo- I love that. Um, I, I just, I know that your level of, um, like you said, the leadership positions are something that I would love to kind of break down as far as how you approach, you know, Bena health as, as someone who is trying to, uh, make a change and where those leadership positions are helping you kind of, you know, now take it into Bene Health and, and delineate new opportunities or at least come up with new strategies to, again, help the client and the clientele. Um, can you give us some like insights that you were just kind of really, I guess, tiers or qualities or something that you really want to bring out for Bene Health? Yeah, absolutely. I um, so to be honest with you, I think that it really was the accumulation of my leadership past um, between being a chief quality officer, safety officer, compliance officer, All that. Um, you know, administration, nursing officer. I mean, I've had so many wonderful experiences in acute care and long term acute care um, systems. Yeah. And so by having and learning about um, similar to like how we look at our body as a system, we look at business as a system as well, right? So we have all yeah. these different components that are going to come into play when starting a business. And 
Um, so certainly all of those things came into play. And that's one of the things that um, Dr. Bachman and I, right away when we were talking, when we were still talking and formulating this was, hey, we are not going to have a program without having quality measures. Mm -hmm. um, for, for many, um, especially in ambulatory care, being able to assess those outcomes based on those treatments or interventions that you do is non-existent. Mm -hmm. And so I want to change that. I want to change that, that world for this type of care that we're doing to be able to say, Hey, look, our patients are, are, are actually doing incredibly well. And here's the proof. Here's the data that's mm -hmm. going to show that our interventions and our programs are working for these patients. Um, and it's, and I'm just so excited about that. And Lauren was so excited or Dr. Brock was so excited about that as well, that that's when we knew like, okay, we, this is where this, we know BeneHealth is going to go. Not only are we going to yeah. offer, you know, some incredible, um, care and, uh, between our functional medicine and our regenerative aesthetics programs, mm -hmm. but we're going to we're going to analyze them. We're going to see what's working really great. We're going to get this data out there. And truly what we want to do with that overall is be able to share that with insurance companies, be able to share that um, with uh, large groups for um, employee wellness and be able to say, look, this is effective. Wellness prevention is effective. We don't have to just treat when it starts going bad. We can yeah. really treat way before then. So that like was when the things start falling apart. Like you yes. don't have to wait till then. So mm -hmm. I want to I want to bring it back to Dr. Bachman here, and and you had brought up just kind of those data points, and I would love to kind of understand what those what what you guys are trying to look at as far as those data points, and what are the collections of like what are you doing to collect those because. I'll be honest, I actually just had a conversation with a um, an app company or not, I guess they're an overall health and wellness, um, the same approach. And they have this app that I, I just really find interesting. And I love the data collection is coming from, you know, your Apple Watch and, and not just Apple Watch, but also consultations with doctors and other um, professionals through uh virtual telehealth? Yeah, so that's a great question. And I'll kind of try to pull in that um, example that you just provided in terms of an app, right? Because yeah. we all have a lot of um, user-friendly um, devices that are collecting so much data for us. Yeah. Um, and on a functional medicine side, we are also collecting data. We would use things like, you know, wearable devices, and we can try to start to pull those things in. And we have like our short-term goals and our long-term goals. And yeah. long-term, it's definitely looking at all types of wearables and pulling that into the picture to really just add a lot of color. But I want to back up mm -hmm. um, and really be able to provide some clarity to this question that you asked. Okay. So in terms of data and showing outcomes, like Tanya, Dr. Tanya is um, alluding to, with functional medicine or integrative medicine or an alternative medicine approach, what mm -hmm. really, really challenges that um, spectrum of care is that there is no data, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of our practices, you know, have there's been a groundswell of interest, especially in the last two years, because people really started to care about being better, being healthier, being yeah. well, right? Because they realized like, whoa, like maybe health is fleeting, even if I'm not dying of a heart attack today, like I am vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it created a lot of vulnerability and some awareness to people's own health and well-being that um, 
made them think about things in a little bit of a different way. So what we want to do is we want to demonstrate the effectiveness of our programs by starting with tracking data, um, tracking our, um, or demonstrating what we're doing, documenting our programs very, very well, and then tracking, um, the follow-up data with that. So right now, as far as Tanya and I are aware, there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of functional medicine, integrative naturopathic options out there, but in terms of robust outcomes and data that they have on what they're doing, Mm -hmm. you couldn't go to them and be like, Hey, can you demonstrate how this is working? Yeah. We just, we need to be able to do that as a scientific, basically looking at ourselves as a scientific community. We want to be able to be at that level of robustness and say, Hey, I have this patient with type two diabetes. I've had 150 patients with type two diabetes. They started with an average blood glucose of this. They went through our program and they came out, they lost X amount of weight on average. Their blood sugar points dropped by X amount uh, on average. And this was in a six month span of time. This was in a year span of time, so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. So really being, and that's, you know, just one example. Um, It could be anything from cardiovascular disease to diabetes to, you know, other areas that we're super interested in, like preconception and yeah uh, you know I love, I love that i love i love uh the focus and care that's uh, it's just again i i think uh one of the questions that again now I'm, I'm looking at it from from what you've brought up in my information the information that i asked for is just kind of like to 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 dr tanya is um for your programs to kind of become you know, vital and like these tier, like these different programs to become useful and become a part of a a main stable. Like what, I I guess, what was your, I guess, where are your mindset and your professional opinions? Like, I, I guess, where do you guys come in as your personal preferences versus the actual, like meta, like the actual procedural part? That's kind of, uh, I I guess, if it makes sense to kind of go that way. I didn't know how to approach that question. It's like, is there is there a level of personal preference versus what the actual breakdown of it, of the procedures? So so what I think I'm understanding, Jose, um, is that when we're looking at, you know, really trying, I guess, the biggest goal that we want to have is is to be able to bring, you know, obviously bringing in our personal experience mm-hmm. and being able to say, these are the things. And we have several, I think we're probably close to 50 type outcomes that we want to monitor right now. And we're going to okay. have more. And so looking at what that looks like and being able to um, pull that information and utilize our, our experience with that and then bring in that data, it's just going to show, I think it's just as, as Dr. Lauren mentioned, it's just going to show like, wow, and to the scientific community, this is real. We all know the outcomes. That's why functional medicine. And I mean, we have patients coming in saying, hey, I'm choosing you because I went to a doctor and they want to give me pills and I don't want to take pills. Yeah. I mean, that's really what we're seeing. We're seeing this whole mind shift of I'm not just going to take what conventional medicine is telling me to do. And we're not talking about acute care. We know that's phenomenal. We're amazing when it comes to traumas and Mm -hmm. and emergency department type of things. We're talking about long term illness, sleep. Yeah. 
depression, anxiety, GI symptoms, you know, all of those long-term illnesses that people just, you know, have either, either go and then they just get pills and then they need more pills. So we want to show how our programs don't necessarily go down that route, right? Yeah. We go a different route and our data is going to be able to prove that route because we see we see the outcomes and so do a lot of the other you know functional medicine and, yeah. and naturopathics out there they know this works but we want to be able to actually prove it i i'll be honest too because I, I i want something like this for my own family for my own both parents um as they get a little bit older in age and you start to see you know, the body deteriorate and become what it is. It's, it's the human body, you know, it's it as it grows older and older and we become um, older, it's just one of those facts of life. And I would love for them to stay as optimally helped as possible, mm -hmm. especially uh, for my own son and being their grandparents. Uh, it's just one of those things. It's like, I wish... I, so for me, I, I'm myself, I'm like one of those data-driven individuals who I, I just go off. Like I really do love apps and I, I really do have a fun time just like looking at the data that I provide for my own body and, you know, what I can be given out of a certain, uh, certain data that I put in and, and want the outcome to be, because to me, I'm like, it's a game to me. How do I optimize me? How do I get the best out of me? And yeah. so, um, you know, those types of things are fun for me, but I can tell that some people need something else or something uh, my mother is a different individual. Her health needs are different than mine and her, what her priorities should be. And that it, this is kind of the fun part about this program is priorities of versus, you know, her, let's say her blood pressure or something of that nature versus mine, isn't going to be mm -hmm. catering for those certain exercises or the certain long-term care where it's like, you know, certain things that she needs to do health wise. So I just, you know, for me, I, I, as an individual who wants it for another person, how would you broach the conversation or how would you, I guess, say, this is the program for you, or this is a program for your family? I, I love all of that you said there, Jose. And I want to kind of tie in something that you shared with us before we started recording, which was like sure. how you love to hear stories and the power of somebody's story, or even on that note, storytelling, right? Yeah. And you just kind of shared a story about a common conception or a belief or a story that we all kind of subscribe to, especially in conventional medicine, which is that, you know, it's a normal course of life to get old and become ill. Mm -hmm. And that just, there is maybe some truth in terms of absolutely the human body ages, but what does that look like in terms of a aging well person versus an aging sick person? Yes. Um, and, and unfortunately the growing statistics in the United States is aging sick people. And that's really where mental health comes in. And it's because there's so many things, right? We have really short visits in conventional medicine. You don't get to really know the person you have high blood pressure. So I'm going to treat you with a single approach. A yes. Pill. Yes. And maybe tell you to try to lose weight and exercise, but I'm going to tell you that in about two minutes and I'm out to my next patient. Um, but this same person that comes in to see us, we spend a lot of time to get to know them. And so, you know, in terms of, I'm going to, I'm going to answer this in two parts. So I want to share this piece is that, you know, I think it's really important to 
to appreciate that we like to hear the story too. And to be able to understand a person where they're at today with their health struggles, you have to know their whole story. So we go all the way back to birth. We start from birth and move forward because everything that they've moved through in life has you know, contributed to where they are now. And they wouldn't be the person that they are with the health issues that they are without that backstory. Right. Mm -hmm. So we do find it incredibly, not only valuable, but necessary to be able to really treat that person as the holistic individual. Yeah. Um, So that's one piece, but as we're talking with other people and trying to encourage them, I think it's to help shift the locus of control. Um, Right now in our current paradigm, it's like, okay, you are, you have this disease or this condition, and these are the jerseys that you wear. And it starts to form this identity that then is put on them by um, a very, you know, as we perceive the medical paradigm as a higher, not higher power, but you know what I mean? In the regard and respect, it's, it's kind of a powerful entity as an energetic thing, right? Like we Mm -hmm. guard it. And so it becomes part of our energy. Um, our identity and we um, start to lose a little bit of power over our own health and well-being and we want to kind of strip that away and bring the power back to the patient because ultimately like I want to have a relationship with every single one of my patients but I don't want you to need me I want to be able to get you to that place where you are so empowered you understand your body and why it's not Mm -hmm. like why it functions or why it doesn't function and you know what you need to do to do about it Right. And what that looks like for Jose or Jose's mom are two different things. Yeah. Both of those bodies are very capable of wellness. The human body is incredibly intelligent. Right. You look at nature and nature can regenerate itself just like the human body. There is a pushing there's a pushing point. Right. Like I'm not saying that every single condition is reversible. Right. Mm -hmm. That'd be a panacea. But we can definitely even, you know, Prevention is always best, but yes. you can also help people. Like I shared, even back with my clinical experience in oncology, you can help people heal. You can help them be in a place of like, I am so fulfilled in my life today. And that's ultimately the goal, right? Is that when you're here on this earth, you are squeezing every bit of life out of it. Yeah. So I, I really do. Again, I, I get so much time with the the owners and the individuals behind the creation. And it's just really great for me to hear the passion behind, especially both. I know how incredibly uh, probably extra time that you guys put in, not only for your own careers, but for this, for Health. I, I just, I, I imagine I have so many questions for you for your own individual, like business ethics and business approach Mm -hmm. and things like that. So I just kind of, I want to just, if I could get a little bit, what do you guys do as far as Bene Health, as far as like um, the meetings and stuff that you guys do on a daily basis? Like, what does that look like? Is there like uh, a Zoom meeting that you guys do every day? Like what's, what is, what is the daily task that you guys do to keep your clients, you know, very like in order? Yeah. So um, this is, that's awesome that you bring that up because we do, we've taken um, our experience from our acute care settings and brought them to our, our clinic. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we do, and one of the things that we tout um, is when our clients join our programs or become a, a Bene health client, they have the full understanding that it's not just their visit. Mm-hmm. We actually have team meetings with the health coach, nutritionists, okay. um, the clinicians, 
while they're doing their shopping, right? We have team meetings every week to be able to say, okay, everyone, how did it go with, nice. you know, Jose this week? How did, you know, who talked to Jose? And so, so the health coach says, well, this is how it went. And these, he's meeting these, these goals, but these goals we're struggling with. Then we all know how to approach that. So, yeah. so that's one of the things that we really love about our, our program is you walk out the doors after an appointment, you know that you have someone like still take taking care of you until your next appointment, because we're constantly talking about how we can help our patients and our clients, you know, do the best they can. Dr. Lauren, you want to add anything to that? No, I think that that was pretty holistic. It's just that ultimately, like, it's not just, um, Tanya touched on the fact that we have health coaches and, you know, our program is comprehensive. It's a team Mm -hmm. approach. And I think one of our, um, biggest philosophies is that, you know, it is the team teamwork makes the, is the dream work, right? That we all have different specialties and knowledge to bring to the table and offer. And like myself alone mm-hmm. can help a person this much, but in a team setting, we can help the patient this much, like the whole picture. Right. Yeah. And really filling in those gaps. And hopefully within Bena Health, we can really help pull the pieces together um, within our team, but we're not afraid to also lean on those other people, other professionals outside of our organization and say, Hey, this is beyond what we can offer. And who do we know as community partners, we really want Mm -hmm. to be able to leverage and share and help the patient the best that they can. So in that rounds, right. Oh, you know, Sandy is still hurt. You know, her wrists are still hurting. Maybe we're going to, you know, send her to physical therapy that we know, you know, really takes a holistic approach and is in alignment with our practice. So, um, Love that. That's just a little bit more clarity. I love that. Um, so let me ask you this just to get a little bit more, uh, I guess, personalized to each individual, um, your morning routines. I would love, because this is something I do ask every everyone who comes on the show, any morning routines or routines in general, maybe in the evenings that you guys like to keep to keep sanity or keep everything in balance? Absolutely. I, I don't want to steal um, time. I'll, I'll keep this brief, Tanya, so you can jump into um, <laughs> mine has adjusted because I do have a two month old. <laughs> so oh, congratulations. My, thank you. Um, but so my routine has adjusted and shifted some as I know you're a parent, so you can appreciate that that's what happens, especially in the first few months of life. Um, But I'm very, very fortunate to have both a 13 year old daughter and my husband, who's a rock star that helps, you know, we, we are a team together that helps keep the balance and (laughs) calm in the chaos. Um, But there are some things that I kind of non-negotiables for me that I need to have every day. And that's a little bit of 15 minutes of some time to whether that's, you know, breathing and meditating. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I get lucky and I get to do a yoga class, (laughs) but every day I try to have, usually it's most beneficial for me in the morning, um, Mm -hmm. which is just some gratitude, silence and meditation time. Um, Really just kind of, you know, a big part of what we're doing is like staying within our vision and centered in ourselves. Um, And then kind of when I start my day with that intention, it allows me to stay, come back to that like connectedness of like, okay, I can just take a breath and then be back in my body, even if things are stressful or chaotic, right? Because I talk a lot about, (laughs) this is probably the biggest thing I think is that we live in a really stressful world and we were really um, 
evolved to be able to respond to stress as like a tiger yeah. and now the tiger's there all the time and you're not going to necessarily get rid of your tigers but you can learn to cage your tiger and that's kind of my philosophy with kind of my biggest number one non-negotiable is that practice of really engaging my sympathetic nervous system so my intention breathing and um I wish I could share my previous morning routine, but we'll come back to that. Maybe we can have another follow-up podcast. Yes. We're all about kind of. The, awesome. Well, uh, I would love to have you guys back. Absolutely. <laughs> Dr. Tanya, routine me. Yes. So very similar to Lauren, I wake up in the morning and the first thing I do is throw on a YouTube with a yoga and deep breathing. And I spend the first 20 minutes doing that. And that awesome. is just, that is just again, the way to start out my day. So yeah. everyone knows, my husband knows, like, um, I'm doing this. So if you're not out of bed tough, I am doing this. <laughs> it's going to be happening. Um, and then every evening, the thing that's the most important to me, if I don't go to the gym, um, I am walking with my my pup. I just love to do that. I just, I just feel so good being out in nature. Um, a lot, most of the time, actually, I end up walking with friends, with their pups. And so that Aww. social time, it's so important to have that social time and and just to be able to be out in nature. So those things are very, very important to me as a routine. Yeah. I really do appreciate you both delineate, like telling me those things to me, because it really does. Again, I like to say it shows that uh, you guys are normal people. Like you guys have <laughs> your, you know, I mean, again, life. <laughs> the life and, and, and again, I find it so interesting too. It's like, you know, for me, I, like you said, uh, we're both parents. And so I'm, I'm usually up at like 5.00 AM because of bottle feeding. And so after he, he's back down, I, I really can't go to sleep because I work a split shift. So I do like my morning routine right before my split shift is 6.00 AM. I, uh, I meditate. I try and do some gratitude and I just say, you know, but again, I'll be honest, like I'm in the room with cats. So sometimes I get a cat meow and my meditation isn't 100% all the time. But again, I think it's the intention that the thought and the, the, I, I feel better afterwards. And then also I feel like the same thing with Dr. Tanya, I have to get outside at least once, whether that's running um, mm -hmm. you know, walking the dog, being outside with the little one, it, it, my feet have to be somewhere on the ground. And it's just one of those things that for me, even for anyone out there, it's like you breathe in fresh air and there's something different about it. You'll feel yep. better after a couple of minutes, mm -hmm. a couple of deep yeah. breaths out there. Right. We're not separate from nature. We're, we've separated ourselves. And one thing I wanted to throw back in there, if sure. I can, sure. in terms of routine um, that I didn't mention that I do think is important is getting sunlight to your eyeballs. Ooh. Um, sunlight to your eyeballs and then avoiding the screens, right? We're talking on technology and we're around it all of the time. But I think that the stress and sleep, I mean, are some of the misnomers of health, right? We yeah. all know that we should be eating more and moving, but we never hear about these other things. And it's those things that are, you know, also, and even sometimes more critically important and can yeah. drive more than the fact that you maybe made a poor choice from a dietary perspective. Yeah. So um, one of the other practices that I like to do is natural sunlight to my eyeballs for about 15 minutes, you know, or I use a red light 
um, in my room too. If I'm up before the sun, Got I know it. you get up at five. That's been what I've been trying to do as well. Um, I got to look into that. The red light. That's for me yep. too. It's like, um, I have, so I'll, I'll tell you, my wife is very much more holistic in, in the approach of like certain things. So she had taught me a routine with the sunlight uh-huh. and like how you close your eyelids and, and just like hold it, yeah. let it, the sunlight through and then open your eye, you know, that whole yeah. like routine. I was like, I had to try it once. I did try it a couple of times. It is just, again, I love it. It's a lot of fun for me to try those hacks and try and, and really mm-hmm. approach. Cause I did feel like my vision was getting a little bit better. Cause this is my, my, bad, my eyes are bad 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 bad. but again i love getting to know you guys this is fun for me this has been a lot of uh, a good time for me to just um again to understand a business holistically is to understand the individuals who make up the business you know uh, and spending time with them, I think is the best way to do that. And so thank you again for coming on a Sunday to have this conversation with me, both of you. I know you are very busy, so I will keep it brief right now. This is our chance to kick it off to both of you, to let you, to tell us where we can find you online, all of your social media handles, um, go right ahead, kick it away. Go ahead, Lauren. All right. Well, you can find us at www.benahealth.com. Dot com, mm-hmm. or you can find us on Instagram at AZ or underscore AZ. Yes. Um, and also we're on Facebook, Health, and um, then personal page. I do have a personal professional page, sure. um, Dr. Uh, Dr. Lauren Bach, B-A-C-H. Um, and that's, that's Instagram. Um, Dr. Tanya, do you have a personal page that you would like to promote? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> I, I just I want to I want to give fair game to everyone. Um, go ahead. I just one more time. Um, Doctor Ta- uh, Doctor Tanya, please. I want to know. Give us one really big goal for Bena Health this year. This year, our goal is to really grow. It's it's growing. We're just in our soft opening. Our grand opening is February 11th. Mm-hmm. We're super excited awesome. about that. We're doing a big event. We hope people can come. It's going to be on Eventbrite, so look us up. Um, but uh, that's that's what our whole point is, is really growing, getting the word out like so that people understand that they have other options for their health and can, as uh, Dr. Lauren mentioned, it can empower and take control over their health. So that is our big goal this year. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for both of you coming in today before I, let me do my little end piece here. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you can hear every episode of finding Arizona podcast at our website, finding Arizona podcast.com. We make it easy for you guys to connect with us. So all of our social media handles is under finding Arizona podcast. Let us know who you want in next at, finding Arizona podcast at gmail.com. And with that, we say goodbye to Dr. Bachman. Goodbye to Dr. Carosio. Yeah, you got it. Yes, I got it. (laughs) I told you. I told you. And we say kisses, hugs, and belly rubs. We will see you on the next episode. Goodbye, y'all.